Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week. My week was interesting. I was really feeling very fried last or two weeks ago. So we decided to go to South Padre Island as just like a quick last minute getaway. And without making any comments about South Padre Island, I will say that I was really disappointed. It was an internal disappointment though. I went down there with the hope and expectation to feel more calm, feel more rested. And that didn't happen. That didn't happen at all. Uh, in fact, it was more stressful because of the way the house we rented was set up. We had to carry the dogs up and down the stairs. And we've got our little foster who is not good with change and does not like car rides. So suffice to say, I mean, I'm super grateful that, you know, we had the means to go away. But it was a solid reminder that you can't escape what's not working. And I don't know if that that resonates with you right now or not, but it does for me. It's a uh, it's a reality that if things aren't working in your life, and I and by no means am I saying that my life's not working. My life is freaking fantastic, but I still have my challenges, right? And uh, a vacation doesn't fix it. <laughs> Note to self: I still had the same stressors. I still had the same health issues. Ugh. So anyway. Suffice it to say that I'm back and I've never been more grateful to be back in my house because I didn't have to lift anybody up and down the stairs to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And I carry on, I motor on, and I'm just, I'm happy to be home. I do, I really love my home. I am a homebody and it just feels really good to be here. So that was my week. And I share all of that because that was my takeaway that you can't escape some of the struggles in your life. You just kind of have to face them head on. I don't know if that resonates or lands for you. If it doesn't, then let's just move into the content for today. Today, I'm shaping this podcast around a listener question whom I also have had the pleasure of meeting. She's also a client. I'm not going to share her name because I don't have her permission yet, but I'm going to play her recording and then I'll come right back and answer it because I think a lot of you would have probably appreciate similar insights. Hello, Karen. Like in your podcast, in this podcast episode, which you're also mentioning the fact that we need to have a plan for the moment when it gets really hard and we we feel like quitting, right? So I was like wondering and getting super curious about, hey, what are the strategies, Karen, that you put in place so that you can keep yourself motivated? What's your resource um, or your resources to that matter? I love to get inspired from you see how it works and also experiment for me with that big love to you ciao ciao so thank you to my lovely client for that question and it's very apropos because as i finished up distraction action the program i have mentioned ad nauseum on our last group session we talked about follow through and we each shared a tactic that worked for us in a previous situation where we we followed through on something that was really hard. And we've all had those moments in life. 
your first inclination might be, well, I never follow through on, but that's not true. <laughs> I bet there's a lot of things that you have followed through on and things that are hard, things that most people would consider hard, but you did it. So the very first question I would ask you is to go back to a time where you follow through on something that was really quite challenging, but you did it. And what was the magic recipe or situation that helped you to follow through because that is really where your secret sauce lays. So with that said, I will layer on top of that both some insights from myself, some insights from a book I just finished reading that I will also recommend, and some insights from my group because what we all learn together, we can all improve from. So anyway, first, the book. Now, I read or listened to, actually, I should say, the book. I listened to the book. I think it's the more recent edition that I listened to, but it's by the same author. The book is called Follow Through, A Revolutionary New Model for Finishing What You Start. And then there's another book around the same name of the same author. I think it's just an updated version. So I, I listened to the up, updated version because I'm much better with audiobooks than I am with uh, written books. But he is a psychologist. I know he's a scientist of some kind. And he shares the science behind the research that has been done around follow through and the people that actually do the things that they say they're going to do versus the people that don't do the things they say they're going to do. And I shall preface this by saying this is not an ADHD book, but I mean, if there was ever an ADHD book that we shall be reading, <laughs> it's probably this one. And I was really, I felt very like validated in everything that he said that I had learned both through my coaching program and through my own research and through the feedback I got from my clients in the cohort group. All of these things were very much aligned. So I think that of everything I share with you today, there's going to be a nugget or two that's going to be helpful that you can take away and move forward with whatever it is you're struggling to follow through with right now and use this as a tool for your quote unquote motivation, as my client uh, said in the recording, but I will uh, something about that first. Motivation is not really what we need. Clarity of what we're moving towards is what we need and a real emotional connection to it that will give us the energy and clarity to define steps to move forward and actually make headway. Motivation comes when momentum has already started. So if you are waiting for motivation to start something, you're going to be waiting till you're old and gray. So Put motivation aside, move that out of your mind, and let's walk through some of the things that I have learned and I have pulled from this book and also from my group on what has worked for us. So the first thing, numero uno, is that whatever it is you're going after, if it's not important to you, and I'm speaking to you as an ADHDer, if you're a neurotypical person, you can get through something that's not important to you. You can push through. And that's one of the, the clarifying differences between somebody who's neurotypical and somebody who's neurodiverse. When you have ADHD, in order for you to move through something in general and, and see it to a, like a completion point, there's got to be a compelling emotional reason. Why is that? Because our emotions drive our behavior, not our logic. The prefrontal cortex is the brakes for our emotional center, but it is not what drives us forward. So our emotional center, when it's our amygdala, for example, when it's popping off, when you're neurotypical, your prefrontal cortex, which is your executive function in the front of your brain, 
is the brakes to your emotional center. So it will stop you from melting down, derailing, blurting something out, um, getting distracted. It has the ability to parrot the rest of your brain. But if you don't have access to your prefrontal cortex or your prefrontal cortex is not, you know, inherently strong, as is the case with a lot of neurodiverse people, then we are very much at the, the mercy of our emotional center. And when that emotional center is not connected to what it is that's in front of you that you need to do, be it a homework assignment or your taxes or anything like that, there's no emotional connection to it. And emotional connection doesn't necessarily mean I love you or you're passionate about it. Emotions are also like, it's urgent. It's intense. It's something that is a burning dumpster fire. That's very often why we have a lot of drama in our life. We almost have to wait for something to be, you know, overdone or beyond deadline in order for us to get started on it. And that is because we are not getting emotionally connected to the situation until it is dire. And that's why we end up in burnout so often. And it's why, you know, we're always, always asking ourselves, why is my life always feeling like such a cluster? And it's this brain mechanism. Okay. So I hope that makes sense. You have got to have emotional connection to what you're doing. So if you say, well, Karen, I'm not emotionally connected to what it is I want to follow through on. Then you got to ask yourself, how important is this to you? Do you have to do it? Do you want to do it? Or is it a, well, I really should do this. So if it's a, an engineering degree that your parents want you to do, but you're an artist, but you want to make your parents happy, it is going to be very hard for you to finish that degree, right? For anybody to finish a degree in engineering if they are an artistic left brain person, or is it right brain? I can't remember you have to have that emotional connection. So I, the first thing I would come back to you and say, if you were my client is, are you shooting yourself? Because if you are shooting yourself, and I'm not saying the other word, should <laughs> is the root word here. If you are shooting yourself, then that's a very good place to start because shooting yourself is, it is disaster pants. It will end up in disaster pants. Same result as the, you know, shitting yourself. <laughs> I got to like, I, my humor is so bad today. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. You, so you have to be emotionally connected to it. If you're not emotionally connected to it, then you got to ask yourself, is there another way to get around this? Do I have to do it? And if I do have to do it, how can I create an emotional connection? Or you can use some of the other tools that I'm going to share later on. But it always comes back to looking at what it is that you are trying to connect to and really understanding whether or not that's worth your time. Because so often we're saying yes to all the things, but really we shouldn't be saying yes to all the things. It's okay for something not to be for you. That looks like a lot of fun, but it's not for me. That looks like a great career, but it's not, it's not for me. It's not my career. Not everything is for you. And you've got to get really good at building that muscle of learning what is just cool, but what is cool and for you and what's not for you. And that is going to save you so much grief. So let's say you've defined that, you know, it is something that you need to do and you need to move forward with it. How do you then create strategies for yourself and tools to actually follow through? Well, the next thing I would tell you is that your brain is a really crappy place for storing important things, things that you need to remember for anybody, not just ADHDers, but especially ADHDers. So once you've determined that it is something that you have to do or you really truly want to do, no matter what, you now need to externalize structure in order for you to create 
milestones or guardrails or like a conveyor belt to push you forward, right? Like you always want to be having something there that's going to push you forward. So some of the strategies that we talked about in our group, mine is putting skin in the game. I'm not a cheap person, but I am somebody who cares about where I put my money. And that's based on years of not caring where I put my money and having a lot of money problems. Once I fixed my mindset around that and really, you know, aligned my spending to my values, I became very good at being selective about things I put my money into. So the things that I've done in life that are really hard, like a half Ironman, a fitness competition, two degrees, now all of this coaching education that I've gone through, a variety of different things, going to India to do a yoga teacher training, all those things were hard. And, you know, I could have not followed through on them and there would have been no consequence for it. Nobody was asking me to do these things. In fact, I would have saved myself a lot of time, money, and energy if I didn't do them. But the fact that I followed through on them was A, because it was important to me for whatever reason. It doesn't have to be a good reason. But I wanted to do it. It was important to me. I was emotionally connected to it. And I put money into it. I, I paid a couple thousand dollars for the fitness competition. I paid a couple thousand dollars for India. And, you know, I paid a couple thousand dollars for the half Ironman I did. And that was actually through team and training. So I had to raise money for that as well. So I had other people's money on the line there as well. So for all of those reasons, once I put money into something, I will follow through on it because I hate to waste money. I hate wasting money. So that was my strategy. Some of the other things that group members shared was having somebody to do it with you, to follow through. One of the group members mentioned that she finished a degree in university in a different country that was you know, not her native language. And the only reason she made it through that, like going through university is hard, y'all. Doing it in a different language, I couldn't do that. Or maybe I could, I shouldn't say that, but that would be hard. But the fact that she did it was huge for her. And the reason she did it was because she had a friend locally that she stayed with, and that was sort of like her buddy. So you've heard me talk about body doubling before. This is the same idea, having somebody either with you in your experience or with you in the room as you're doing something creates a powerful accountability that can really move you through something. So if it's taxes or a homework assignment that you don't want to do, find yourself a body double. Ask somebody to just sit at the table with you. They can do their own thing quietly, you do yours. Or find an accountability body doubling group. There's tons of them on Zoom. Do some Googling, tryfocusedmate.com. There's lots of different groups where you can you know, get online, say, this is what I'm going to do for the next 45 minutes and do it. And everybody else is there doing their own thing. And it really does work. Another thing that somebody did was incentivize the journey. So every milestone they had along the way to their goal or destination, they gave themselves something. So they gamified it. Now, I think this is a fun way to do things. You don't want to go too crazy, mind you, but you know, I've seen people say, you know, I've got to get through this. And if I do X, Y, or Z, then I'm going to give myself that. So for example, there's a YouTuber I watch and she's going through this thing called NaNoWriteMore or NaNoWriteMo or WriteMo, something like that. It's, it's like a challenge that these writers do every November. They write like 50,000 words. That's a lot of words. So she said, you know, at 10,000 words, I'm going to give myself this, like a, you know, Starbucks every day. At 20,000 words, I'm going to get myself a pair of shoes. You know, those sort of things can be really incentivizing, but you do want to make sure that the incentives 
you're giving yourself are things that you're actually motivated for. And obviously that are, you know, within your affordability factor and are not otherwise detrimental. Another gal talked about radical structure. So she is looking to transition from a corporate career into her own business. And she knows that in order for her to move forward and do all the things she needs to do, she needs to hire an assistant. But she can't hire an assistant until she's really clarified all the things she needs that person to do. So at this point, she's like, I'm going to write down every single thing that is a task in my you know, side hustle, soon to be full-time hustle. And then I'm going to pull out all the things that I can outsource and have an assistant 10 hours a week to do those things. And I know I'm going to need to get my snizzle together soon enough and, and be organized enough to give her at least 10 hours a week worth of work or else I'm paying for that, whether she's actually doing anything or not. So that's a great way to radicalize structure. Other ideas I garnered from the book, and you've probably heard some of these before, is to set up a reverse incentive program where if you don't do something, then let's say your friend is holding a check that you've written to a nonprofit that you actually hate. And if you don't succeed with something, then your friend is told that they have to send that check off. And the last thing in the world you want to do is send money to an organization that, you know, you do not approve of at all. So those sort of reverse incentives can actually be really helpful. And, you know, even just sharing things. Like I talked to you guys along the way of my development of distraction action, and I broke that down into different podcasts. But Sharing that with my audience, an audience that I am trying to be as you know open and transparent with as possible so that we're building an authentic connection here. If I say to you that I'm going to do something, I really want to do it because I want, I want to walk my talk and I want to be a, as an integrity as possible with this community and the work that I'm doing. So how can you use something like that as a tool? Like who is it that you respect and you would not want to lose respect from? Tell them what you're doing and ask them to hold you accountable or just ask them to ask you about it the next time they see you and you want to have something positive and progressive to say rather than, well, I haven't done anything about it. So these are just a few different ways that you can radicalize or externalize structure to keep you accountable as you move through something once you have intentionally chosen to move through it. Now, the last thing I'm going to say on this is related specifically to ADHD brains. We, for whatever reason, and I don't know why this is, but we tend to poop out at the 80% completion mark. So I've talked about this before, but let's say you were working on a project in your house and you got to 80% complete, but the, the finishes, the final finishes weren't done and you just kind of left it and moved on with it. And you had this incompleted project in your house for years. That would not be untypical of us. And there's a lot of different reasons why that might be the case. It's no longer sparkly and new, so we've kind of lost energy around it. We've lost that emotional connection. Or the last few final pieces require a lot of small, niggly steps because usually we leave the, you know, the, the hardest parts or the most complicated parts to the end, and we just don't want to deal with that. And you know, there's no moral you know, right or wrong about that. It's just kind of where we are. But there's going to be different points where we lose interest. And I think it's a great practice in advance of moving through a project to say to yourself, okay, at what point am I going to lose steam around this project? And what can I do in advance 
to make sure that when that moment comes, I've got a plan to push forward. So with distraction action, I took money from people. So I knew I had to finish the project and I knew I wanted to get it out there. And so I talked about it. These were my personal strategies that worked for me and were very like personal to me. And it really helped me follow through. Otherwise I would not have, because let me tell you, it was a lot of work and it's still a lot of work. It's everything that I do is not necessarily easy. It's, it's a lot of work, but it's important to me and I'm emotionally connected to it. And I love it, even though it's hard and I feel accountable for it for all of these reasons. So I encourage you when you're starting a project that you have emotionally connected to and you've radicalized your structure, you've externalized that structure, think to yourself, at what point am I going to potentially poop out and how can I either outsource the last piece or have that body double or accountability partner ask you how things are going, especially when you get to that point and just keep you on track. I think accountability partners can be really helpful when you empower them to know exactly when you're going to need accountability. Because if you're on a roll, you may not need an accountability until you get to those real sticky pieces. So know when those sticky pieces are and build in the accountability for that time so that that is when you're going to get the most out of that experience. Or maybe that is when you hire a coach like myself to help you get through that last 20%. It all comes down to what works for you, but all of that starts with the self-awareness of knowing why am I connected to this? Why am I, or potentially why am I not connected to it? How am I going to propel myself forward? And how am I going to keep myself accountable? Once you start to understand those things about yourself, you can use these applications for your entire life. Like this is powerful life skills that's going to help you really move forward and achieve the things you want to achieve in life. And I mean, that is the sign of a pretty good life, in my opinion. So I hope that there was some nuggets of wisdom in there for you. Again, I really recommend that book on following through, which is, that is the name of the book, following through. And if you have any other questions, or if you would like me to answer a question, then feel free to drop me a voice message in, I think it's in the Spotify app that you can drop a message. I will get it. And if it's a question that is, you know, broadly relatable enough to the community, then I would be happy to break it down and create a podcast around it. So on that note, guys, that's all I got for you this week. So, oh, one more thing. I almost forgot. This is the most important piece around, you know, that whole building scaffolding, being aware, self-aware. That is all baked into the Distraction Action Program. Now, this is for you. If you want to understand your needs, understand your character strengths, understand your values, which is at the foundation of everything I just talked about, because when you're choosing intentionally, you're choosing in alignment with those things. If you want to know what they are, you can absolutely access the first four modules of the program totally free. And those are the takeaways you're going to get. You're going to understand your needs, your strengths, and your values. And that in and of itself is enough to create some self-awareness to start making more intentional choices. I think we all would love to make more intentional choices. The This work is really going to help you do that. And it's free. You don't have to sign up for anything. You just go to the link directly in the show notes that I'm going to share with you in the podcast app that you're in and or the show notes on my website associated with this podcast episode. Grab that link, click on it. It will take you to the course page and you'll see where it says preview in the curriculum. Just click on those buttons and it'll play the actual program so that you can work through the material. 
and use it to your advantage. And if you like the program, feel free to move ahead with it. You can purchase it right there on the page and keep going, or you can just take what you got and use it to your advantage. I really, really want you guys to have that. I think everybody should know these things about themselves. So on that note, guys, I'm going to wrap up today's episode. I hope that was helpful. I will see you next week. And until then, live your best damn ADHD life. Talk to you soon, guys. Toodles. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.